Welcome to episode 186 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. And uh, we're in the home stretch of Justice League here. We got our, our one random one-off episode, the holiday special. Yeah. Hey, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Merry Christmas in March. It feels wrong. <laughs> like, I... Because there is two ways to approach doing this, like our way of doing it all in order. And then like the DC review, they kind of pick pieces here and there. Works great for them because they can do stuff seasonally. Right. Whereas for us, I don't think we've yet to have a holiday episode around the holidays. Not even close. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Which, you know what? I think that fits in cartoons. They'll just randomly decide to put a cartoon holiday episode out in like October. I mean, they'll they'll try. They'll, they'll be they'll try for the same season sometimes but it's i think the competition of being the first to like kick off the holidays gotten so extreme that that's yeah. when we get like you know halloween episodes at the end of july <laughs> <laughs> christmas episodes the day before halloween i uh i saw something from a friend recently the the idea was to turn valentine's day into um winter halloween just do Halloween again in oh, February. I'm so down. Yeah. Can we it's push like, it? Can we push it to March though? Because like I feel like February is still too cold. I mean, not in LA. I mean, not yeah, obviously not here. Yeah. Wait, you want to replace St. Patrick's Day with? I do. That, that would Halloween. be the perfect one. I mean, people do already dress up for St. Patty's Day. That's true. I mean, have you actually? When was the last time you properly celebrated St. Patrick's oh, Day? Oh, I don't think I ever have. Oh, okay. I, I used to in like college and after college when I hung out with bigger drinkers than I do now. Yeah. You know, we do like the full St. Patrick's Day party. It's it's kind of disappointing. I don't really do it anymore because I still have a shirt that says, kiss me. I'm a lord. That's good. And you are now officially a lord. That's true. I'm Lord Lord. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> as if my ego needed that boost. Thank you, you that Cameron. One square foot of <laughs> one land. Square foot of land. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, maybe I'll wear that. <laughs> maybe i'll wear that to the office you should I, actually i think i will yeah because <laughs> i'm just that kind of pretentious uh but no we're not here to do a, a saint patrick's day episode we're here for a holiday episode the the great comfort and joy yes so i i will ask a, a follow-up question to this towards the end but just as initial pass as a justice league episode cameron how did you feel about some comfort and joy here? I loved this episode. Oh, you did? This, okay. This is so much fun. It's really cute, right? Yeah. Oh, it's just it's just warms the cockles of your heart. Yeah. It, it's the it's broken into three stories, and all three of them, you know, I don't I don't think they're equally as as good. You know, I think yeah, a few are better than the Green Lantern story. <laughs> um, <laughs> not to name any specific ones. Yeah, it's still fun. It's still it's still in character. But yeah, I mean, I would put this up with like some of the better Christmas episodes because we talked about it years ago now when we did our bonus episode. Yeah. Uh, and I think you brought this episode up. Probably did. Because I had not seen it right, <laughs> at the course. time. Of course. Um, but no, this this was a lot of fun. Yeah. And I'll probably put in my rotation for your holiday episodes. For holiday episodes. Yeah. I, I think it's worth including. Like when I watch this again, cause I, I, I may have seen it since it aired, but the I know I watched it when it aired um again almost 20 years ago but what i feel like this is a precursor to jlu mm -hmm. in some ways like i can almost see them when they're trying to figure out what to do after starcrossed going well hey like what if we did more stuff like comfort and joy it's just yeah you know, one episode it's short concise storytelling 
personal storytelling. Personal storytelling. Yeah, like this feels like the precursor to those sort of stories. It's just like really sweet and self-contained and fun and different, especially than like the the big epic episodes we've been getting of late. Mm-hmm. Like a perfect palate cleanser between um, Wild Cards, and then which we'll get to next week, Starcrossed. Yes. So. I know. Only one more week of me <laughs> constantly mentioning Starcross. I'm ready to get it over with. <laughs> Although I bet I can find ways to bring it up when we get to JLU. I'm sure you can. <laughs> callbacks. Well, because I, if I remember correctly, there's a when we first see Hawkgirl come back, everyone is still pretty jaded towards her. Yeah. And then obviously there's the that GL Vixen mm-hmm. love triangle. Yeah, exactly. So and. We will be doing our short list today, in which case we'll I'll be making a claim that though we haven't actually covered the episode yet, it's probably the most canonically critical of all. I'm probably going to say no. <laughs> you haven't seen it. How do you know? You have to take my word. I mean, the story makes sense so far. So per our rules of of what is necessary. That's true. <laughs> I still understand everything. Yeah. So technically it's not necessary yet. Oh, we'll, we'll get into it. But all right, let's go ahead and get into the, the meat of comfort and joy here. Okay. Do you want to break it up into each story to make it easier? Yeah, sure. So uh, which one do you want to do first? Let's do let's do Hot Girl GL. Okay. Just to knock it out. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, the whole thing starts with them. Um, the majority of the league, I think, sans Batman and Wonder Woman out on some snow planet, basically trying to stop a moon from colliding with a bunch of weird little squid things. Um, and that all goes to plan, like, very, very quickly. No hiccups or anything like that. And then... Everyone decides, all right, we're going to head back in the Javelin and I'll jump start our holiday break. And GL's like, I'm going to just chill here and see what's going on. And uh, Hot Girl stays behind because they're now, I don't know if I would call it officially yet, but they are absolutely dating now. Yes. Even if maybe the rest of the league doesn't know it yet. Um, but yes, yeah, so they stay on the moon and they, uh, they start off with a nice adorable little snowball fight. It's very cute and a lot of great constructs. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I, I caught them for this time. We got the snowboard. Mm-hmm. We got the army of hands. I loved the little army of hands. Yeah. The catapults. Mm-hmm. It, it, this was like just genuine fun. This half of the story I loved. So you didn't love it so much when they, they went off to go to Space Cheers? Not not as... I mean, that part I thought was fun. Space Cheers is great. Okay. When it just turned into like a Valhallen brawl. Yeah. That was like, okay, now I'm kind of kind of over i wanted like one more thing to happen i didn't want it to just end with them passed out in the middle of the fight i mean it's fun what 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 else would you want them to do other than have a nice big space brawl i don't know that's what i've been trying to figure out because <laughs> like it, it's very in character for her yeah because <clears throat> that's the whole idea is like john's idea of having fun is you know very old-fashioned having a snowball fight he tells a story about how his grandma used to take him to the snow every year and even when he's on the snowboard, it's the first time we see him being kind of a kid. Yeah. Like, this is the most just jubilant he's been yet, just, like, carefree and fun. And Hot Girl's even like, you fly around the galaxy. Why is this fun for you? You're literally just, like, sliding on snow. Yeah, and then he makes the snow angel. Yes. He's like, look, I have wings. <laughs> see? Yeah. He can make constructs. <laughs> he can, just in snow. In snow. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. But, yeah, it's like, that's his idea of fun and her idea of fun. It's like, all right come with me we're gonna head to this like seedy dive in the the corner of the galaxy yeah and she walks in i think she even like says a line from cheers like that's the total vibe of like everyone knows your name she walks in and everyone knows shaira yeah yeah because yeah that's naz i think was the bartender yeah serving up some weird disgusting looking pink slop yeah with worms and worms in I mean, she is she is a technically part bird, so bird. that does make sense. She's a bird person, yeah. 
there is the like and i know people are tired of me bringing this up and by that i mean you are tired of me bringing this up <laughs> but i mean this is kind of like an outlaw bar from the look of it and especially how people brawl in it yeah so being a green lantern walking in oh god would you know they're space cops yeah he one probably wouldn't be allowed in and two he should have some sort of disguise just br- pull the trench coat back out that's all you need just something that's not bright green look i i i agree with you that john maybe is not the most effective at patrolling space yes from any number of threats i will say however that it's a pretty well-trodden trope try saying that three times fast uh that cops love to go into bars yes but there's there should be a sense of like tension with everyone else but maybe other green lanterns are regulars at that bar too maybe guy is you know, know what guy or kilowog oh yeah if it's kilowog that's there's, there's no problem yeah here. that's kilowog's people right there like yeah. fun carefree having a good old time yeah yeah we'll throw a few punches around then we'll buy each other a beer afterwards exactly like they may have been a moment of hesitation when they saw a green lantern walk in it's like you know what we know Kilowog. maybe that's the button that i that i think what i would have liked at the end is like you see everyone on the ground and like hal and not Hal. wow john and shire are like cleaning up the bar a little bit yeah and like the one guy that comes in like or the one guy they start beating up like john buys him a drink like that's the nice little button i i see what you're going for i kind of like the button they chose which is you know john's passed out and just hot girl gives him a kiss on the cheek yeah that's the more romantic ending right because again they're at this point they're very much cuddled also with the guy they beat up i mean they're all friends now i guess so yeah so i mean they're I think the show is trying to really emphasize that relationship um, because it's going to matter a lot when we get to Starcrossed. Yeah. So, so I've heard. So you've heard. But yeah, I, I, I think I agree with you, though, that it's it's fun, but it's a little maybe a little bit easy of storytelling. Like the mm-hmm. character moments there are nice, but it's not necessarily giving us something weird and fun and different, which I think stands in contrast to the other two stories. Yeah. So which one do you want to hit next? Then? Let's do Superman, Martian Manhunter. Superman, okay, yeah. So Save Flash for last. Okay, okay, yeah, that's fair. Um, but yeah, Superman's heading back home to Kansas, and he insists that Jean come with him. Like, you know, we're not going to leave you behind. Batman begged to have monitor duty on Christmas. No surprise there. Which, that's actually interesting, because the only other time... Yeah, because we know what he does on Christmas. Uh, yeah, he watches... Well, no, Robin made him watch It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, that's true. Okay. And then... The I'm sure he still does, though. Just, like, in honor of. Yeah, I think so. But I now mean, he's on the big monitor. Maybe he just uses it for the big monitor. I... That's true. He just does it. He wants a really, really big monitor. Because it's bigger than the Batcave. Yeah. Yeah. The only one. Because, wait, you, you also watched It's a Wonderful Life this last year, right? Uh, the first half. First half. You didn't watch all of it? No. Oh, my God, man. The ending... Even I, though you know it's coming, it still made me cry. Right. It's really touching. It's really it was, beautiful. I was in a very emotionally corrupted space. Fair enough. When, when that was over the Christmas season. Very fair. Um, yeah, it's. I don't see Bruce watching that for the, the warm haunt, like the warm-hearted element of it. I can see him watching it because of just what a dick the uh, the Lionel Barrymore character is. The, mm-hmm. the, I don't know, the money lender or whatever. I'm a better billionaire than Well, that's exactly is. it. Like, that's a bad billionaire. He's making people's lives worse. I make people's lives better by beating up random people who have no opportunities other than to work in crime. Or the other thought, because the few things that I do remember about it, maybe he wants to be the star he wants to be uh the angel oh because the two stars talking to each other telling the story 
Oh my god, that's right. Like I thought you. <laughs> no, not the, not the star of the show. <laughs> I thought you meant Jimmy Stewart. No, the... Bruce Wayne just really wants to be Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> well, <Yeah>. I'm Batman. <laughs> I would love and hate. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I think he he is kind of you know the the star in the sky. For just the bat signal? I don't know where you're going with it. No, because he's up in space and he's looking down at the people. Oh, okay, okay, fair. Yeah, yeah he gets to tell the story. Yeah, so he he wants his minor duty. So Clark brings uh, Jean with him back to Kansas, and I love the moment when he shows up and Martha and Jonathan look at Jean. And you're like, what are they gonna say? And the fact they just like give him a big hug, it's like, oh, you're welcome. We're used to weird things around here. Yeah, you're not the first alien walking yeah. through these doors. <laughs> Come on in. It's it's really really cute to see like clark at the table with his parents with john and they're like they're all laughing and having like a nice sweet little time mm-hmm. also i know you want to talk about the fact that superman still believes in santa claus i love that little note that that is so <laughs> sweet and we're gonna go into that at the end of this episode okay uh because i have some fun stories about <laughs> specifically superman and santa claus oh, good. uh but no, I mean, with with that, there's another little moment that I they didn't need, but I think I would have liked is mm-hmm. like as they land at the Ken's front porch, like if uh, John starts to transform into his human self. Oh, OK. And yeah. Clark is like, oh, no, you didn't need to do that. Yeah. 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 We well, uh, said this around here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I think it is. It's sweeter that it comes from the parents and not from him. Yeah. That, like, again, best parents. Yeah, they are. They, they really are. are. Them and Pops. Yeah. That's it. There's only three good parents in the <laughs> entire ones that are still living. <laughs> but they're just, they're they're so sweet. I, I do love that. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, we used to have to wrap uh, Clark's presents in lead foil so he couldn't tell what they were. It's like, what do you mean? You mean Santa. Santa wrapped them. Wrapped them in yeah. lead foil. Now, I I love how much of a kid Clark gets to be in this. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we're even talking about this maybe recently that this is the one place where he doesn't have to have his, like his true, this is his true persona in the same way that, you know, Bruce is truly himself in the Batcave with Alfred. This is the only place where like Clark is Kal-El. He's not putting on the Clark kind of persona. He's not putting on the Superman persona. He's just himself. And it's cute to see him kind of loosen up and unwind. However, did you find his, childishness here to be just a little bit out of character um no because it's this is the like idealized christmas okay and so i was almost like jealous of his childness like <laughs> childishness like okay. that that's what you imagine being the perfect christmas is going home and you still get to be a kid again yeah your parents are making your favorite food and you still have presents under the tree and you don't know what they are because i feel like that i don't know how you feel about modern christmas but like I send my parents an Amazon wish list. Yeah, same. And I know exactly what I'm getting from the list because, you know, I love them, but they are not creative enough to pull from anything that's not on the list. Right. Yeah. There's no surprises. Yeah. Anymore. Yeah. And especially now it's like, um, can I have money for a new phone? Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. It's like, hey, can you replace my tires for me? <laughs> right. Although, I mean, Okay. I would love if they replaced my tires. It would be fantastic. Okay, I'm, I'm allowing this tangent here. I'm encouraging this tangent. What was the last surprise Christmas present you got from your family? Oh, it's the bad surprise, and it's the one that I've shared with you and a few other people. My mom got me a horrible How to Approach oh, Women the... book. <laughs> I, 
I somehow forget about that, and then every time you bring it up, it just brings me just so it much joy. It is centered on my bookshelf as a constant reminder of the scorn that I feel for my mother after that. Wait, did you put it center on your bookshelf to remind her, or does she have it center on the bookshelf no, to remind you? Okay. It. it is this horrible book from the early 2000s about how to talk to women. Yeah. And it's so horrible and outdated, and it's it can't be more than like 45 pages yeah it's so it, it's like each chapter is like two pages mm-hmm. it's like how to approach women at a bookstore how to approach women God. uh when you're grocery shopping and it's all earnest right it's not yeah, it's, it's not parody it, i it feels parody now okay. but it, it is <clears throat> true earnest and it's so bad the author has not put their name on it <laughs> oh that's good yeah oh that's really good yeah, because I think, I think the last one I can remember um, is a few years ago, my brother got me the uh, British Bulldog from Skyfall. Okay. The one that's sitting on my desk now. Is it a bobblehead? No, it's not a bobblehead, but in, in Skyfall, M has this like, oh, British yes, Bulldog yeah, on yeah, her yes, desk, yes. and then after the office blows up, she has it again. You know, Bond makes the comment, but the whole buddy office goes up, and that thing survives. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know it was a thing. And so I opened on Christmas, like, what is this? Like, oh my God, it's the Bulldog. <laughs> it's to this day, one of my all-time favorite presents. It's always on my desk. I've kept the box, so when I have to move it, it is in the safest possible hands. Good. But I was just like, I, I love it so much. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've been trying really hard for the past maybe year and a half or so to, like, find presents that are incredibly unexpected. Yes. Like, your lordship title. Love it. Is... Such a great go-to present for anyone, and I recommend it if you have someone that like you don't, you're not sure what to get them. Yeah, no one will say no to a lord, like a actual lordship. Title. Exactly, it's sixty dollars online <laughs> for the lord in your life who has everything else. Yes, yes. yeah. I, I was very pleased with myself this year because I got my dad uh, a the only model that existed of the Star Trek Enterprise ship from discovery so the newest version okay. of it which is like a really cool take on the design i was like so excited there was one that existed and it arrived a little bit late but when i was still home and be able to hand it off to him i was like yes that's so good. good felt so good but uh yeah we don't actually get to see what clark gets for christmas though do I, we i do have one quick question for you mm-hmm. just because it is in our nerd space okay um and these are i feel like it become the two go-to presents for the past few years do you prefer socks or funkos socks okay same yeah i um i I mean i was about to say i don't have that many funkos but we're sitting next to my bookcase one two three has well i guess those are legos those aren't funkos you have Uh, more legos than uh no wait hang on one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven there are eleven funkos on including the ones in the boxes there are (laughs) fifteen funkos um, I've never bought a Funko. These have all been gifts. I've bought two. Okay. And I probably have about 25. Yeah. It's a slippery slope. Yeah. That's why I avoid the Funkos if I can, um, which I much prefer socks, especially last year when I was still working at the agency because I had to dress professionally all the time. Mm-hmm. So like my one little bit of personality is that I would wear fun, cool socks. Right. Like I would show up to work in like my pinstripe blue three piece suit, but I'd be wearing blue socks with tie fighters and x-wings on them that's good yeah Yeah. i think right now in the current situation i prefer funkos right because i have nowhere to wear socks that's exactly it yeah when when you wear socks yeah i have wonderful pain and panic socks that i just want i'm so ready for my first day back at disney (laughs) 
I feel like the only place you wear those now is when you come here to play Villainous yeah, with me. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Which is very much appreciated. Um, but yeah, hey, you know what? I actually would love people to answer that question. Write in and let us know at Tim Talk Pod. Are you, are you sock people or Funko people? Yes. yes. And also, what is your favorite unexpected Christmas gift? Yes. I, I would actually, Given or received. Yes. Would love to hear those answers. Um, but yeah, we don't get a chance to see what clark actually gets. you know he tries which i appreciated yeah. we got that little shot he still has to try to look through it um but I, my favorite thing i think about this whole thing because john goes on a kind of a little just jaunt around smallville to kind of see different things he sees people kind of out walking around the streets and holiday spirit he stops by a church and they're seeing carols um my favorite though is uh he overhears mentally he overhears a little girl like upset because her brother claims that santa's not real and so he pretends to be santa by walking on the roof um, and then grabbing a cookie from the chimney. Did you catch what he grabs? No. An Oreo. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I did see it was an Oreo. Yeah. yeah Cause famously in the comics, Jean loves Oreos as he should. They're great. I don't know who doesn't monsters. Probably Joker. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no Joker would love them. Cause he, if he takes the half off of one of them, it's like his face. It's pale like his face. He That's can make a little Joker smile yeah. on there. He can etch in Joker toxin in the shape of a smile, put the cookie back in hand to someone and poison them. And you you know he has. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Frequently. <laughs> Especially around the holidays. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I think that it's a it's a cute little little thing there. Going yeah. up to Smallville and having a nice little Christmas together. And then ends with the family waking up to hear John singing a Christmas carol in Martian. Yeah petting the cat who previously was kind of freaked out by him mm-hmm. streaky streaky yeah i also love too that they do address where kara is because clark asks oh where's kara and she's off skiing with barbara and yeah it just made me happy to know the two of them still hang out all the time uh, yeah absolutely like that's that's the other side story that i want yeah like even um when we were watching hereafter when we're at the the funeral for superman for a moment i thought it was kara and barbara next to her comforting jonathan and martha but it's of course lana which makes more sense yeah um but i just i love them being like super best friends yeah it, it like it obviously brings up memories of that one episode just girls is it girls night out girls that, night out which okay. is still god one of the best mm-hmm. of all the episodes yeah but it also reminds me of the x-men evolution episode oh yeah where both hero and villain women team up in high school and, and make like their own biker gang yeah they come like the female furies or something like that mm. and they, they even have the uh, the shopping montage yes it's so good that is one of the best episodes of x-men evolution that show is so good it really is oh man if we didn't have titan stock <laughs> we knew both yes um but i know the story you want to talk about most of course is the flashes it's 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 like quintessentially flash yeah so w- walk us through what happens in uh flash as part of this little triptych Yes, so uh, we open at an orphanage Mm -hmm. while they're waiting for, you know, some hero, some character in red to come and visit. We, you know, they're trying to lead it to be Santa. And of course, in comes Flash, Mm -hmm. which is just wonderful. I guess he does this every year. And he asks them what they want for Christmas. He's going to go get them a present. And they turn on this horrible, awful, like perfect example of early 2000s merchandise of a wrapping duck yep called dj quacks thank you i was about to look it up dj quacks mm-hmm. yep it's so good uh who's been sold out for months so yeah. you know kind of jumping on the furby craze exactly i mean basically this is flash's version of jingle all the way yes which is it delightful. absolutely is yeah yeah where the ultra humanite plays sinbad yes <laughs> 
Uh, so Flash is running around store to store trying to find this toy. It's sold out everywhere. And then he realizes like, oh, I can just go to the manufacturer. And I don't know if you thought this. I definitely thought he was going to run to the North Pole. I got it a moment, too. I was like, is he, is he, is he, is he going to, does he have like connections with Santa? Go North Pole? But yeah. But I appreciate that he ran to the the manufacturer's office in Japan. Yeah. And like, oh, this is our last one we've, we've made for the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so on his way back to the orphanage, he notices the museum is being robbed or broken into, mm-hmm. and it's ultra humanite doing his ultra humanite thing. This museum is not cultured enough for people, so he's destroying everything. It's maybe the most random villain motivation we've had in the entire series, and might be my favorite. <laughs> it's yes, this whole thing is is so campy, but so perfect for Flash. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so in the midst of the fight to try and stop old Trumanite, he falls and breaks the toy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Flash gives this great monologue of like, that's for the kids. Like, how dare you? That's the Christmas spirit you just broke. Mm-hmm. Like, do you have no heart? Uh, and old Trumanite, in his moment of weakness, knocks out Flash. <laughs> uh, and he comes to to find old Trumanite remaking the toy and making it better as he says yeah and flash is obviously worried understandably that he's putting a bomb inside the toy that he's about to give to an orphanage uh but no just as bad and just as wonderful instead he replaces the wrapping duck with himself reading uh dan to the sugar plum fairy yeah from nutcracker it's it's such a sweet exchange between those two and you believe the ultra humanite would do that yeah, just for flash yeah. no one else no because flash does have that kind of unique relationship with some of his villains at least mm-hmm. um and we're gonna see it again especially with the um the trickster in jlu yeah the best moment yeah but he he genuinely cares like batman does make an effort to try and find ways to redeem his villains he was successful once um otherwise very unsuccessful but he has a different way of approaching it with the flash is like actually does it like by wearing his heart on his sleeve yeah, and, you know, the villains, I think, see that genuineness. Yeah. And some take advantage of it, and some kind of fall privy to it. Yeah. Because you also, you kind of feel like the Flash's rogues gallery, particularly in this universe, are maybe not that evil or that lethal. There's a bit more of an idea of it being just kind of a game mm-hmm. to all of them, which the Flash encourages to some degree. Like, he's obviously doing it to do the right thing, but he has fun while he does it. Right. So he gets the fun villains. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about this a lot in BTOS, where Batman's villains never really start off as villains. They're doing their own thing, and then Batman yeah. just interrupts them. Yeah. You know, obviously, Scarecrow is bad. Yeah. Riddler is pretty bad. Penguins. Yeah. So really, just Mr. Freeze. <laughs> yeah. getting at. It's just that one. Yeah, just the one. And obviously, like, Ventriloquist isn't horrible. He's just has some mental problems yeah but he, he gets happy ending yeah i mean poison ivy's not a villain that's true she's an environmentalist <laughs> as she repeatedly says in the harley quinn show yeah and it it's funny too because in the dcau sometimes she is actually trying to like commit crimes like the first time we meet her she's trying to kill harvey dent right and pretty poison and i think later on then like with the um uh with chemistry i think she's trying to like rob all the rich people by killing off the like making the fake spouses and stuff mm-hmm. like she commit crimes i'm glad that at this point now like pretty much across all of dc comics just like no she's just an environmentalist trying to do the right thing yeah <laughs> she's al gore's running mate she <laughs> is the problem <laughs> that that is that's the comic i want to see is like they remake uh batman and robin the mm-hmm. correct one 
and instead of Bane being her her lackey, <laughs> the the camera pans and it's just Al Gore Al playing Gore. her Oracle. <laughs> I I would watch it. Yeah. And the thing is, Al Gore might do it. Yeah. He's got a pretty damn good sense of humor. Mm-hmm. I mean, his appearances in Futurama are some of my all-time favorites. They're so good. Yeah. <laughs> this could destroy the universe. As an environmentalist, I'm against that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. But like it, this this episode just like it is so sweet and so heartwarming and just such a nice little breath of fresh air. Yeah. Like the stakes aren't high. It's all really pleasant and lovely. Like no one's really being a villain. The only villain's ultra humanite. And, you know, he does the right thing at the end. Right. And and because of that, he gets a nice little Christmas tree in his He cell. does. Yeah. Like, Flash comes back and gives him, like, a nice, like, a foil Christmas tree and a little light. Mm-hmm. And what I like, too, is that he alludes to a past. He's like, oh, you know, like, I also loved Christmas when I was, uh, and he kind of lets it go there. And I kind of love they don't actually fully explain. They just give us a sense of, like, he what maybe wasn't always this way. Yeah. Then yeah, because all heroes were normal people. Or, oh, sorry, all villains were normal at one point. Yeah. Ish. Yeah, I mean, Harvey is, is my big example. Yeah. I mean, they usually have something that's kind of like tipping them. Yeah, the third personality. Tipping yeah. the scales a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's it's just really cute. Mm-hmm. It's not, I feel like there's actually not that much to say on it. I know, I, I wish we had more of these. Yeah. Like, not, not a lot. I don't want like a season of it, but yeah. you know, like sprinkling in one per season yeah. is like the perfect cap like pla- well, palette cleanser yeah for exactly. what i assume sark cross is going to destroy um not so much destroy it's just it, it star cross is going to be like the epitome of big blockbuster style just league episodes okay so like the snyderverse no better than that how I know. I know what a crazy <laughs> thought. Understand. Something can be better than what Zack Snyder gives us. <sighs> One more week, man. Oh, God. Oh. Four hours of just, pure hell. I just can't. I just can't with it. I can't. Um, but no, this this is really cute. Now, you you had some other holiday DC stories that you wanted to bring up, yes, right? In in to to carry on the spirit of of winter Christmas of spring Christmas, mm-hmm. spring Halloween. Uh, I've pulled a few great Christmas stories okay. that have existed in comics over the years. Because of course, you know, they still have to celebrate Christmas within comics. Uh so the three I've picked, one is called The Man Who Hated Christmas. Beautiful. Uh, is it about Batman? It's a Superman story. Does funny he, enough. Does he hate Christmas? No. Okay. There's a villain named the Jasper Rasper. Oh, come on. What year was this written? Uh, Action Comics 105. So I'm going to guess mid-60s. 50s, 60s would be my guess. Yeah, that fits. Yeah. Uh, the ja- Maybe that's not even... It's not even the... I think his name is just Jasper Rasper. Uh, as a man who hated Christmas so much, quote, he said, if... He, sorry. He said, if, quote, if he could kill Christmas, he would. He enacts a scheme against Santa, hoping to destroy the holiday season. So what Jasper does, he flies to the North Pole and gives infected chocolate to Santa in order to make him gain so much weight he can't fly around the world. Oh my God. But don't worry, because Clark Kent was doing a story on Jasper Rasper, and he realized this plot was going on. Mm-hmm. And so in order to help, he created an unorthodox workout regime to help, oh my God. To, to help Santa lose enough weight in order to fit on the sled and fit through the chimneys. What, what did the workout routine entail? 
uh, dangling him from a bridge. Oh, okay. Forcing him to dance with costumed women while, while Superman watches. Oh my god. Uh, and terrifying Santa with the horrors of space. That's worse than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I, I assumed it was going to be, you know, like very 60s workout montage of just like Santa standing on one of those like electric lap belt things that shakes your belly. Yes. I think it even predates that. Oh my god. Uh, and instead of arresting Jasper, Jasper sees how much work Superman is putting into saving Christmas, and he has a change of heart. Aww. And then he loves the holiday season. Isn't that sweet? Isn't that just a beautiful story? He just watches Superman be an even bigger asshole than he is. Yes. <laughs> Changes his ways. Uh, the next one, kind of, it is, yeah, it is connected to this universe. It's from the Batman uh animated comic oh okay batman yeah. adventures mm -hmm. uh written by paul dini and mm -hmm. illustrated by ronnie del carmen okay uh it is a story that follows harley and ivy during their antics over christmas weekend love it and they're trying to figure out how to have the best christmas and what they realize is they don't have the money for it but mm -hmm. who does have the money for it mr bruce wayne yep and so they brainwash bruce into being their like private santa and they go to a mall and have him buy everything for him everything for them yeah until the brainwash poison kind of wears off. Then, of course, Bruce disappears and Batman comes in, knocks them out, arrests them. <laughs> and it's a happy Christmas in the end. D is there like a happy little button where he brings them like a, a little Christmas tree in, in Arkham? Not really. Oh, okay. Also, I guess that wouldn't really be a happy... Oh, no, I'm sorry. He doesn't beat them up. I, that oh, was okay. My, uh, what ensues is a shopping spree extravaganza. The two, face Bruce, the two force Bruce to buy them anything they want. Of course, the fun comes to an end once Bruce escapes and changes to Batman and ends up giving Harley what she wanted all along, a Christmas tree. Aww. Yeah. So you were right, yeah. Yeah. Well, because I imagine that Poison Ivy wouldn't really want a Christmas tree. Right. Yeah. Maybe like a seed. It's a, it's a chopped down tree. Yeah. An evergreen seed. Yeah. I, I've read this comic. This wasn't adapted into an episode of Batman, was it? Well, I mean, it, it feels like it would have been. Because there is the Harley Ivy. I think it's just two Harley Ivy one offs. Yeah, I think it just feels reminiscent of pieces of those episodes. Because there's, um, is it uh, Harley's holiday when she tries to go straight and goes on, like the shopping spree mm -hmm. and like Bruce buys the coat for her? Oh, maybe. Yeah, I I forgot. Maybe that is the one. I think she does brainwash Bruce there. No, I don't think so. I think she, I think she kidnaps him oh okay yeah and then as a reward because she does actually buy the coat but they forgot to take the tag off of it mm -hmm. and so they think she's trying to steal and so she go, freaks out and kidnaps bruce and then eventually he realizes that she was doing the right thing and so he he gives her the coat so i think i'm just maybe conflating that with the holly and ivy appearance in holiday nights plus i think i actually have read that comic at some point because it does sound very familiar yeah and it, it is a paul dini story so it yeah. makes sense that they all kind of fit yeah oh yeah sweet it is sweet but then the last one and this is i want to find this it's only a two-page comic okay it's called present tense mm -hmm. it's a two-page story by ty templeton and the 1998 dc holiday bash okay which pits two heavy hitters against one another dark side <laughs> versus santa claus oh my god yes oh uh, and we learned that every year santa goes to apocalypse to give <laughs> dark side his present and dark side does his best bowser impersonation and booby traps the entire planet to stop santa from getting to him in order to leave him his yearly drop of coal <laughs> that is 
so cheesy. I absolutely love it. It's so I I had there. It has to be online. It's yeah. only two pages. Yeah. <laughs> but that just sounds like the best story I could ever imagine for Christmas. <laughs> that that is another one too that I could see being adapted as a, an animated short with no dialogue all done to the dance of the sugar plum fairies as you see santa yes. like dance around mm. and like set off all these booby traps i feel like it could be like in a, like in teen titans go okay yeah yeah it would fit in that universe mm -hmm. very well either dark side or you could even replace it with trigon to fit yeah it's the same story it's the same <laughs> that's really cute it's so good <laughs> Like applause to you, Ty Templeton. I've never heard of you before, but now. Oh, really? I don't think so. Oh, he, I mean, he animated or not animated, but he drew a lot of the Batman Adventures comics that came okay. out back in the day. I mean, he he was, um, kind of the the go to one of the go to comic artists that could emulate the Bruce Timm style, and he works on the, the Adventures Continues comics. I think I know as an artist, and I think maybe as also a co writer on it. I'm not 100 percent certain. Um, I think maybe he's just the artist on it. But yeah, and he's kind of like one of the um, unsung heroes of the DCAU because he didn't necessarily do a lot of stuff for the show, I don't think. Um, but yeah, he was involved in a lot of the comic tie-ins that came out. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. And he wrote it too? Yes. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. that, that's the thing too is that uh, every once in a while artists will get a chance to write their own kind of one-off issues to show their, show their stuff. So that's a great idea. I, I love that. I'm going to track that down. Mm-hmm. No. So, okay. So I have to ask you, being the TV, especially animated TV holiday episode expert, where does this fall for you amongst a pantheon of holiday episodes? Oh, it's it's good. I oh man. I do I still have my list from years ago? I mean, you don't actually have to put it in a ranking. I mean you did say up at the top that you would include it in an, an annual rotation, but um, you know, would you put it up there towards one of your favorites or I would. I do still have my list, funny enough. Okay um yeah i would i would knock out my number 10 for this okay yeah let's get what's number 10 what's getting knocked out uh it was a short called super santa okay yeah that's yeah dumb. and it was it was a like a ren and stimpy style comic oh okay yeah yeah, yeah this short. is better Throw that yeah in. you know it, it fits up there with like recess and and spongebob and powerpuff girls mm -hmm. hey, yeah. arnold. hey arnold uh, no, hey arnold's number one well yeah of course yeah yeah it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's up there with that yeah it's a great episode mm -hmm. yeah no, I, this this is super cute. I really, really like this. And it makes me excited to be um, progressing forward into Jess League Unlimited. We're going to get more kind of fun episodes like this. Yeah. So like, you know, this little piggy and stuff like that. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited. Season one. Is that in season it one? It is season wow. one. I guess there's only two seasons. Three. So. Oh, there's three. <gasps> yeah. There's the first season, which is kind of a, a smattering of different what episodes, some of which are like some of our favorites. Mm -hmm. Two is Cadmus. And then three is... Is that question? Kind of his story arc? Yeah, he's okay. involved in Cadmus. And then three is okay, also yeah, kind yeah. of like a, a smattering of different stuff. And then the, the big finale and all of it. So, mm -hmm. yeah, we're going to get to this, uh, this little piggy pretty soon, actually. Amazing. Pretty exciting. So, all right. Uh, any other thoughts on these uh, this little holiday episode? Or should we uh, tackle our short list for the season? Let's do the short list. All right. So... In the traditional style, we're going to go through, and I'm going to list every episode. Uh, I might have to do some quick synopses to remember which episodes they are, because some of these are very forgettable. Um, and then we will say yay or nay and come up with our definitive list. So it's the true judge. Exactly. So starting off with episodes one and two, Twilight, the uh, the battle between Brainiac and Darkseid. Uh, I, I don't remember really loving this one, but... 
because it does introduce those two. Well, it doesn't introduce those two. They've already existed. Well, I mean, to each other. Right. It's it. Which feels important for. I will say I will say this. It will become canonically critical at the end of JLU. Yeah. But on top of that, I I love these. I remember you you weren't super hot on them, but I had a lot of fun with these. Okay, we we can keep them in then. All right, great. So that's a yes on Twilight. Next up, we have the introduction of Amazo with Tabula Rasa. Absolutely. Hard yes. Yes, that is that one. All caps. Yes. Great couple of episodes. All right. Next up, we have Only a Dream with Doctor Destiny. I said no. I said no as well. Yeah, because like the only the only plot point which you brought up at the time was Hawkgirl, Marshman her not being able to read her mind. Yeah, that's comes up again, but it's explained in a line, and you don't need a whole episode dedicated okay. to it. I I thought that episode was fine. It just doesn't it doesn't stand out as a great. Yeah. In any sort of way, I don't think it's one that someone would have to sit down and watch. Which you know, per your insistence. We stick to the strictest possible rules on yes. this. So no filler. All right. Next up, we have Maid of Honor. That was the Savage story where he yes. dates the where he's the Caspian princess. princess. Yes. Yes. <sighs> it's a hard one. I don't. It's neither super critical canonically nor excellent, but it's pretty decent and. I feel like it is necessary to set up that Savage is immortal before we get to hereafter. I, I yes, I forgot that we don't know he's immortal yet. Yeah, and like I, I think, uh, I mean they they hint at it in Savage Time because he looks the same. Yeah, from future to past, but it's not. Uh, I will say this: I think I think there's enough good Wonder Woman stuff in here and especially enough good Wonder Woman Batman stuff in here that's worth including. Yeah, I'll I'll accept that. Yeah. Um I, I think especially that sequence where they have the dance at the 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 ball at the very beginning and the callback to the very end. Like mm-hmm. there, there's some sweet moments in the two of them. I I, th- I think it's worth saying yes. It's it's kind of a soft yes, but I think it's worth it. Yeah, I'll 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 allow it. Okay. All right. Very good. Uh next up you caught me in a good mood today. Right. <laughs> Uh, next up, we have Hearts and Minds, which was the episode with Despero, the guy with the, the third eyeball in his forehead. No. Yeah, absolutely no. I think this was yeah. our tied for our least favorite episode <laughs> of this season. So that's a hard no on that one. Next up, we have A Better World, the Justice Lords episode. Excuse me. Of course. Hell yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's one of the best. Not only does it set up an entire season of JLU, but it is one of the standouts of this entire series. Yes. Oh, it's so good. Plus, those costumes. They're good. Better They're than the real ones. Some of them. Some of them. Some of them are better than the real ones. Yeah. <laughs> some of them are better than the real ones. All right. Uh, next up, Eclipsed with the Ophidian. Th- oh, no. Fuck no. <laughs> God, I hated that one. <laughs> the hands down worst episode of the entire season. Uh, the series. Probably the series. Yeah, there's nothing redeeming about that. Hard pass on that. All right. Uh, the Terror Beyond, which was the team up of Doctor Fate, Aquaman, and Solomon Grundy. How dare you? How dare you not immediately jump in with an emphatic yes? I was gonna say no. It's a yes. Uh, I'm also gonna play the canonically critical card because it's necessary for right, the Grundy's episode death, when Grundy yeah. Grundy returns. Also, come on, Bird Nose, Bird Nose. It's super sweet. Yeah, but like it's Hawk the, Girl's only friend, and he dies. I know, but the Cthulhu part is so boring. Yeah, but the rest of it is awesome. It's fine. Come on, Doctor Fate and Aquaman. Yeah, but they don't do anything. So 
They're just cool. It's got Oded Fair as Dr. Fate. It, it is canonically important because he does have to die to be resurrected. Exactly. Later. And again, I point out to you, Oded Fair. He's a beautiful man and his voice is oral butter. It's fine. How, how, how dare you, sir? How but dare that's you? two you've now gotten. So I get to be strict on these last few. Um. Okay. Good luck with that. <laughs> I know they're all yeses. <laughs> so, yeah, because next up we have Secret Society. Which one is this again? Grodd. Oh, Grodd. yeah, training exercise. Oh, that was what I wanted to bring up in the episode. What? Uh, Green Lantern using his his ring to construct like snowball weapons is much better training for the team than the <laughs> fucking dummies he had set up <laughs> in that training ground. I do agree with you on that. That should that would have been a much more fun training exercise. Yeah. But, I mean, would you keep this episode? Yeah. I'm kind of on the fence on this one. I don't, I mean, it's not canonically critical that I can think of. It was pretty damn fun, though, wasn't it? It is. It, you're right. It doesn't, because it should have bigger implications than it does. Yeah. And it, I remember even said at the time. So it, I'll say no. I flipped. You no. Flipped, no. Yeah. yeah Nay. It, it reminds me of like third season BTOS, like taking a villain, in this case, a team of villains and doing something different with them. And I remember we, we had a lot of fun with it, but if we're trying to be a bit judicious and chopping this down, there are some excellent episodes. And I feel like this one's just pretty good. Yeah. So we're, we're going to say no on secret Nay. society. Okay. I feel like, I feel like we might get comments on that, but I, I agree with our assessment. So no on secret society. Uh, next up is hereafter. Yes, absolutely. Of course. Two of the best. Mm-hmm. It's Oh, so good absolutely when superman gets sent to the future exactly when he quote-unquote dies and gets sent to the future yes uh it's worth it just for batman's denial right because that's all that i remembered yeah that stuck with me for years yeah exactly it's uh, sorry it's worth it for two things batman's denial and vandal savage going do you want to come to my house yeah it's beautiful (laughs) this is where i killed your best friend do you remember yeah want to come hang out uh all right next up wild cards uh what i know i what yes are you just super hung up on the fact that the teen titan voices didn't work as well as you had hoped i am okay you gotta (laughs) absolutely am you gotta get past that look uh, okay i'm once again gonna play the canon card ace yeah that that's why i said yes yeah is is for epilogue exactly but i mean a lot of people don't count epilogue in itself when we get to it i have many a thought on epilogue but i will say that the ace sequence in that is unimpeachable yeah agreed so um i think it's worth including here plus this is it's a joker man it's hard to pass up a good joker episode, especially a good joker episode yeah and we talked a lot about it last week yeah about just how good it is yeah and and i will say that though it's i mean i would say it's necessary because john and hot girl finally get together um we'll get a reminder of that in the beginning of Starcross, but i think it's important to show them them actually finally like being a couple here mm-hmm. so okay um comfort and joy for being strict we should say no but remember our, but... our our two criteria are is it canonically critical or is it an excellent episode and it is an excellent episode i agree i think it's an excellent episode yeah yeah i'll give I, it a yes i think it it is by all means something you could skip, but especially if someone is watching it in order, our abbreviated order as we're putting together the short list, I think it's a nice episode to slot in between Wild Cards and Starcrossed. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Um, as much of a fan as I, as much as 
a non-fan as I am of filler episodes before a finale. This is true. But um, what was the episode in Avatar called? Uh, the Amber Island Players. Right. Just like that filler episode. But but I hated it when it came out. But I now appreciate it for being one of the best. But it's a great episode. It is. It's a great episode. So well, just like that, we're going to include comfort and joy here. Um, and then I suspect you're going to try to argue with me on this, but Starcross. I have no argument you have for no, or yeah. against. Um, I, I would just say this. We haven't gotten into it yet. We're doing the shortlist first because next week uh, it's, you know, the finale. Uh, plus, we're going to have a very special guest, which is very exciting. Uh, it's my mom. Exactly. <laughs> Welcome to uh, but that's why we're doing the shortlist this week since we had one episode. Um, so yes, we are preemptively saying the Starcross has to be included. But as someone who has seen Starcrossed, I can verify it has to be included. Yeah, I guess so. For both reasons. I'm sure it's fine. It's both canonically critical and an excellent episode. I think didn't didn't it make it into the top five when we did the uh, the top five episodes of the DC. I think we argued out of it. We may have. I can't remember. Just because I hadn't seen it. So I, I, I made I like nullified it. All, all I know is I'm still carrying the scars around of having Over the Edge kicked out of that mm-hmm. list. I won't. Oh. What was the one that I was fighting for? I don't remember. I don't remember either. Uh, I was also trying to fight for Monkey Fun. But we, was... we both were, were booted off the list <laughs> for because of fans and because of the DCAU, uh, the DC review guys. I mean, Cal and Liam know they're doing way more than we do. Yeah. So... <laughs> But we're better at distracting. <laughs> That's true. And we were trying to pack in the random <laughs> distraction episodes. Uh, always on brand. All right, but there you go. So our Justice League Season 2 shortlist is comprised of Twilight, Tabula Rasa, Maid of Honor, A Better World, The Terror Beyond, Hereafter, Wild Cards, Comfort and Joy, and Star-Crossed. Um, which, so we got like a third of them out. Yeah, exactly. So we took out one, two, three three to so get a, a quarter of them roughly okay it's pretty good yeah i mean and this is you know as good as it gets for pre-jlu yeah i mean this like the forgetful episodes of the season are made especially more forgetful by how good the episodes around them are mm-hmm. so it's a great season it is oh, season. yeah if these were episodes that were like pitted up in the you know superman era yeah they would all be yeses yeah, that's true. But it is just because the good are so good. They shine so bright. Exactly, yeah. All right, well, why don't we uh, move on to that, from that, to some bat plugs. What you got this week, Cameron? Yeah, I I went back and watched a movie that I hadn't seen in years, mm-hmm. and it's such a delight. Okay. And I rewatched Night at the Museum. Oh, okay. It's so charming. Yeah. And so warm. And it's that era of, like, educational mystery mm-hmm. of like that those came out around the same time as national treasures yeah and just like i want museums to have like a bigger part in movies now mm-hmm. and then you know and also like da vinci code is around this time as well yeah uh yeah great rewatch it's on hulu right okay now. it is super cute yeah I, I remember at least the second one also being pretty good i i don't think i ever saw the third one but yeah the second one where they go to go to the smithsonian yeah um, that one's also great because it has Hank Azaria as that really self-pompous Egyptian king mm-hmm. who just like shoots down Darth Vader yes. the most spectacular way possible. And I forgot that the the pharaoh in the first one is Remy Malek. Yes. A very young Remy Malek. Very young Remy Malek. He's a child. Oh, God, but he's still so pretty. He is. Oh. Uh, and then I I finished it last week. I'm, I still want to give it a rewatch to like get my feelings settled for it but i watched raya 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Ryan and the Last Dragon. I did too. Yeah, the latest Disney Pixar. No, just Disney. Yeah. The princess film. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I love my princesses. They are my my girls. Your princesses? I, I went there and then I backtracked princesses. <laughs> princesses. Yes. Yes. The princess I. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's just okay. Yeah. I'd agree with that. I, I want to go back because the world is so much fun. The world I wish they would explore more. Yeah. It it is a really interesting world. I think they were burdened by having to pack in so much mythology and history into a movie. Yes. Like it has both a um like a prologue and then like an extended intro sequence as well. Mm-hmm. And and Disney is getting very, very good. And you see, like, the team that was behind this movie, they also worked on Zootopia and mm-hmm. on Big Hero 6. Yeah. And so, like, it's the team that knows how to make engaging environments. Yeah. Like, those two especially. Like, I'm so excited to live in Zootopia's world when we get that show coming out. Right. I, I think those other two movies, though, have the advantage of being... Um, there's a lot of visual world building that goes mm-hmm. on in there. Like... Zootopia is basically our world, but everything's done in animals. And so... Yeah, yeah, they're both modern. Exactly. And, you know, and also with Big Hero 6, again, it's like a a pocket version of our universe, you know, like San Francisco and stuff. But it's... You can just look get from the look of it what makes this universe different. Whereas this, there's so much legend and mythology you have to pack in. Um, It does, I think, drag a little as a result sometimes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I agree. Uh, My... the, The compliment that I give it is I want this as a video game. Oh yeah. I, I think this would be so much fun to play in. That is a very good point. It would be a really fun game. Cause it's a, it's a yeah. fetch quest. The movie is a fetch quest. Yeah. Essentially. Uh, and the best review. And I think the most accurate review is, uh, it's not quite as good as Moana, but it's as close to Disney's avatar as we're ever going to get. <laughs> I think it's fair. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, I liked it. Um, it's, it's fun. The, the voice cast is great. Kelly Marie Tran's fantastic. Yes. Um, and, and Disney owed her. Yes, they did. Big time. Uh, but the rest of the cast is also really fantastic. Um, and there are some elements that initially seemed silly. I'll only say the phrase con baby. And for those of you who have seen it, you'll know what I'm referring to. <laughs> con baby is wonderful. I, I was very skeptical about con baby initially. I warmed up to it very quickly. And then I came to love con baby. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, I, I liked this quite a bit. Now, I think the most important question people want to know is, is it worth spending 30 bucks to watch? No, you can wait. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's not, it's fine if you have kids and, you know. It's a great kids movie. It is a really nice kids movie. Yeah. I think if you have kids and you're looking for something new, it will keep them entertained. It's it's fun and light and frothy and entertaining. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're. I was about to call us discerning adult viewers, but that might be a bit generous. Child is millennials exactly. is how we're referred to in the Disney terms. Yes. If you are a, an adult viewer and you have a greater selection of things at your disposal, it may not be worth your money. Mm-hmm. Time, yes. Money, maybe not. Yeah. I mean, what I'm excited for from this is, one, seeing these characters in the park whenever it reopens. Yes. It'll be yeah. very fun. If they can get like a really good tuk-tuk, which is the like armadillo mm-hmm. bug thing. Yeah. Like that, if they could figure something out with that to be in the park, that would be yeah. adorable. Obviously, seeing Raya in the park is gonna be oh, great. The, the live action Raya is gonna be so cool. Like yeah. she is a really cool character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's she's kind of a fuse of Moana and Mulan. 
Yeah, that's which fair. makes yeah. sense because she is like uh, like Pacific Asian. Yeah, exactly. Southeast um, Asian. Yes. Yeah. And I'm also excited for whenever we're going to get her in a future Kingdom Hearts game in 20 years. Oh, fair point. Yeah. You'll get your video game version of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. What have you been watching, reading, listening? I started watching the Netflix version of Carmen Sandiego. Oh. The the Netflix animated series. I heard it has a great theme song. It does have a good <laughs> theme song. Yeah. I, I never watched the original. Um, I obviously knew what it was because it existed when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um. I really like this version, actually. So it's Gina Rodriguez, the voice of Carmen, and then her primary uh, cohort is a guy named Player, played by Finn Wolfhard of <gasps> Stranger Things fame. Yeah, um, and it's it's fun. I think the pilot especially sets it up to be like this kind of fun, tongue in cheek, slightly meta take on the whole thing. Um, it felt reminiscent of Ducktales for me in the pilot, not okay. on this, not on the same level. It's very okay, hard to okay. be on the Ducktales level. But reminiscent of that, as I've gotten through the rest of the first season, started season two, I don't think it necessarily maintains that level of sophistication and wit. That being said, it is super fun mm-hmm. to watch. It's like it's got a fun cast of characters. It's got some good mythology. The first two episodes are kind of setting up how Carmen Sandiego becomes Carmen Sandiego. Um, you know, and the whole we love I, a good origin story. We, and it's a good origin story. And, you know, her whole thing is that she's basically she's kind of like a modern day Robin Hood. You know, she's out there stealing to, um, like benefit other people and to donate to charities. Um, and she's only stealing from like bad folks and stuff like that. So yeah, it's got a nice message. You know, it's still a kids' cartoon. They pack in little bits of education. So you know, if they're heading off to a location, they'll do like a, a thirty second little, you know, bit about some of the key things about that area. Like they'll talk a little bit about Australia and the Australia episode and stuff like that. Um. But it's it's a lot of fun. You know, it's it's a nice kind of pleasant distraction to throw on in the background. Great. So, yeah. I had a weird relationship with Carmen Sandiego growing up. Um, <laughs> Cameron, you're the only person I know that could <laughs> say that sentence. Yes. So I remember as a kid, I got, my mom was really big into like math computer games. Okay. And educational computer games. Yeah. Uh, like Math Blast, Math Blasters, is that one of them? We probably had that one. I think that was a name. That sounds familiar. But I remember we had a Carmen Sandiego education game. Okay. And so when I saw that Carmen Sandiego was the first thing on on the Saturday morning lineup, it was the 630 yeah. slot. Mm-hmm. So before like the modern cartoons, I refused to watch it because I thought it was an educational show. <laughs> and so I had this like scorn towards her because I think I was probably bad at the game. Okay. Because I think I was probably in first or second grade and she was like a fourth or fifth grade game okay and so i just couldn't do it because i wasn't smart enough yet <laughs> okay um and so i remember just hating her and anytime someone brought her up in conversation I'm like uh carmen san diego like she's whore i hate her and now like looking back and realizing like oh it's not an educational i mean it's kind of an educational it show. is yeah yeah in the same way it, it, Almost in the same way as Magic School Bus, but a little less. It's not as overt. At least the the new version. I haven't seen the original. But the new version is not quite as overt. But yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, now I want to go back and like see what I missed from the six thirty slot. <laughs> My God, it's... that I'm that story is very <laughs> you. It's very very you. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love it. Uh, all right. Well, I think it takes care of plugs. So why don't we do a quick question corner and then wrap things up yeah we have a fast one you pitched this one to me i, last I week. did actually yeah so um i was recently re-watching one of my favorite movies of all time casino two, royale exactly 2006's yep. casino royale uh and i got to the end of it i'm like 
this is a perfect movie. Mm-hmm. There's not a single thing I would change about this, which then gave me the thought of uh, what other perfect movies are out there. So I, I have a few, but Cameron, what are some... And again, our definition is a I movie know, know. where you wouldn't change anything. And I'm being specific on this because I know what one of your answers would be. Yes. And based would have on been Speed our Racer. criteria, it cannot be included. Yes. Explain yes. why Speed Racer cannot be included. Because Spridal ruins the movie. Yes. <laughs> I rewatched it within the past month. Okay. And, and I will say there's only like three scenes that we need to cut him out of. Yes. So but, I will make the Spridal cut one of these days. Exactly. Honestly, that is literally it. It, it needs what maybe five it's, seven yeah, minutes five minutes of cutting of scrubbing and otherwise i 100 percent agree with you that is a perfect film also one of michael gacino's best scores yes and that is saying something it's so good it is amazing okay so in, instead of speed racer until the sprital cut exists and i googled <laughs> i searched to see if someone has made a sprital cut yet and it does not exist we'll make it happen um i have four that I could think of off the top of my head. Three, okay. I've mentioned many a time before. The fourth I've... one I think will be a bit of a surprise. Okay, all right. Uh, Roger Rabbit. Yep. Of course. Agreed. Absolutely perfect movie. Mm-hmm. Rewatched it this week. And okay. It's so good. It is. It is a perfect film. Um, you know what? I'm going to take this one off. I'm, I'm gonna. Okay. I'm going to remove Scott Pilgrim. Why? Because we because the comic is so much better okay i don't think the movie is the movie for its story is perfect but for scott pilgrim is not perfect because the comic is better okay that's fair i mean yeah you're you're the scott pilgrim fan of the Mm -hmm. two of us so if you say it can't be included i will take your word for it yeah i'm gonna take the next one off because we don't need to talk about that one well Uh, now now i'm just curious oh the prestige Ooh, that is not my favorite nolan film i think it's my favorite nolan film I, I, it's it's one of those weird things where i think uh, i just can't swap out batman begins yeah i i can't but i i think that's his best film that was because i also had like the luxury of going in blind into that movie okay never yeah seen a trailer for it yeah not knowing what was going on and then re-watching it and understanding it mm-hmm. and like that's such a beautiful moment yeah <clears throat> i i'm i'm inclined to agree with you on that one about that being a perfect film i don't think there is anything i would change on it yeah yeah that per the question yes i wouldn't change anything about the prestige it's also a rare film when you even when you know the twist it's still super captivating Mm -hmm. to watch it because you're still trying to then like piece together how it works right in the details it it works in the broad strokes the details you're trying to see where it all comes together oh it's so good it's yeah it's fantastic yeah uh and then the last one i just rewatched again this week i had a lot of movies this week mm-hmm. um how to train your dragon fair is a yeah. perfect film i i agree with you I, ooh, would we even go so far as to say the first two probably i, I think yeah. the third one's fine i think it's fine um but those, where they become power rangers but with dinosaurs yeah or much. with dragons yeah those first two are excellent yes and and uh who is it sideways some one of the youtube channels does a beautiful review of mm-hmm. the score of oh okay dragon. yeah yeah i haven't gotten yet to the art of the score podcast episode on that but you've mentioned that video before <clears throat> yes and how the songs all perfectly intertwine together yeah um yeah it's a great john powell score mm-hmm. um those those are really good movies i mean i those movies get me in like really strong emotionally yeah too oh they're so beautiful yeah Oh, the moment when um hic- uh hiccup no, no the 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 king Jar butler's character oh um 
Stoic. Stoic, yes. Yeah, when Stoic reunites with his wife. Oh, God, yeah. Just the fact, the fact, like, and again, it's kind of a spoiler, but this movie's been out for fucking forever. It was in the goddamn trailer. Yeah. Like, when he reunites with her and he's not mad and he's just, like, immediately in love with her again, so happy mm-hmm. to see her. It's like, <laughs> I know. True love. I just can't. I mean, for me, and he, I just thinking about the song, I'm getting goosebumps already. Oh, it's good. Of um, his first flight, Hiccup and Toothless's oh, first flight together. Yeah. And they hit when they finally like get through like they smooth out and the music just like erupts behind mm-hmm. them it's just like oh like literally i'm getting goosebumps thinking about it Cameron, it's so I'm, good i'm very impressed with your list i will admit part of me was kind of looking forward to having to debate you on some of Talk these things the first movie <laughs> yeah not, not even gonna touch that um you're right 2000 is better <laughs> <laughs> but you that is i agree with all those i would consider those all perfect films as well mm-hmm. that's a and I'm, very I'm sure good list a lot more but those are just the ones that immediately came to mind yeah uh what can, can i guess some of yours please please by all means Casino Royale, obviously yes so no it's funny i just rewatched that i still will not change a goddamn thing i will say however now that i work in post-production um working in post has <laughs> has ruined some things for me particularly when you can tell that they're doing like rear screen projection or like cgi background replacement i can see it now when i couldn't before and there are some shots that i'm like uh, yeah this is on a set Mm-hmm. but i'm okay with it because it's so fucking good yeah i'm gonna, say, I'm gonna guess clue yes mm-hmm. i mean i i don't even have to get into it clue is the most perfectly structured comedy film of all time and yes. one of the most quotable of all time um literally at me i will fight you <laughs> i will come find you and i'll beat you with a candlestick um i'm gonna guess there's one more james bond on there no there's not okay no i look I love On Her Majesty's Secret Service. I really, really love it. Is that the Lazenby one? It's the Lazenby one. Okay. I actually think he's good in that movie. I think the sincere moments, I have a hard time believing Sean Connery could pull those off. Not because he's not a good actor. He's a great actor. But because by that point, he did not give two fucks about mm-hmm. James Bond. I don't. I, he would not have tried and put in the emotional pieces there. Um, that and then there's definitely some... Ex- extremely culturally insensitive things in there that one would want to excise. Um, so I can't count that one. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Same with a lot of the other early Bond films. So mm-hmm. uh, no, for, and I love Skyfall, but it does suffer from the, um, the dark Knight, the villain wanted to be captured on purpose thing. And that does mm-hmm. irk me every single time. Got it. So, yeah. Okay. What, what is the rest of your list? Uh, my favorite film of all time, Casablanca. Right. Um, of course. Wouldn't, wouldn't change a goddamn thing. It is so fucking beautiful. Make it a little snappier. Lamarcy, how how dare you, sir? How dare you, sir? The pace <laughs> just go, is, the just pace. go from like a two thirty to like a two ten. It's not even two thirty. How long is it? It's like somewhere, I, thought it was, I thought it was pretty long. It's like somewhere around two hours. It's not that long. Okay. Yeah. Pfft, girl, please. <laughs> um God, just La Marseille. That's all I have to say. La Marseille. It's so good. Um, I mean, those are three of the big ones for me. So uh, uh, one I want to propose as a question. Can we count any Star Wars films? Because I feel like the challenge with things that are um, sequelized or franchise is they have to live in the same universe as other films. Like, because I think Star Wars, the original Star Wars, is pretty much near perfect, as is Empire. Mm-hmm. But can you count Empire knowing that you really kind of have to watch Return of the Jedi to get the full story and knowing that the Ewoks suck? I. Oh. Because it's a tv movie i think the closest we'll get is the clone wars finale 
that is as close to perfect as I would consider Star Wars. Ah, uh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. I I just don't know if you can count any of the movies. I I would say no. Yeah. Um. I would also throw on my list the uh, Wally and the Incredibles, the first Incredibles. Oh yes, agreed to both of those. Again, wouldn't wouldn't change again. I mean, look, and the, the thing is, there are so many answers to this question. Up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love the movie. Not one of my like all-time favorites the way that wally or the incredibles is but again there's not a single frame that you would change in that in film right so i don't know i think it's interesting i feel like there's a lot out there um and this one i would really love to hear people's answers to this yeah what's Mm -hmm. a what's a perfect film what is a film that you would not change a single thing about oh of course the movie we bring up more than anything oh my god for a second there we almost slipped away from our (laughs) our status as the patron saint podcast of booksmart yeah (laughs) But you're right, Booksmart too wouldn't change a goddamn thing. I'm gonna watch that tonight. It's a fucking it's masterpiece. So good. It's so good. Yeah, but yeah, write in and uh, and let us know at Tim Talk Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail. What is a perfect film to you? Yes. Uh, and then just real quick, uh, note from friend. Um, and oh. my apologies, we may have had more, and I they just they slipped my mind. We had a slightly weird scheduling um, with this week's episode. Uh, but it's actually a question for you, oh. Cameron. Yeah, so this is from our friend Solomon Satani, who loves to write in with some lovely messages and questions on YouTube. Uh, and he said, I recently uh, checked out Cameron's Instagram and saw some of his boxing videos. He's oh, pretty God. good. Oh, thank uh, you. <laughs> he says, I also hit pads for cardio. I love boxing and martial arts in general. Been training for years. I have a question for Cameron. Uh, I've heard you talk about boxing and Brazilian jiu-jitsu before. So I was wondering, do you watch boxing or MMA? And if so, who are your favorite boxers or MMA fighters? I'm not super into MMA. I'll, okay. I'll watch a few clips, mm-hmm. um, but I don't follow any specific person. Okay. Um, I mean, as I've mentioned many a time on the podcast, what got me into boxing was anime. Was of an course. anime called Hajime no Ippo, but they're based off of real boxers in the yeah. show. So, like from the show, I learned about like the '80s powerhouses. So you're Durand and Leonard and Thomas and you know all the people that like predated Tyson. Yeah. Um, for like modern boxers. Lomachenko, he's a lightweight, welterweight. He's one of the lower weights. Okay. Um, he has this crazy story. Uh, he knew he wanted to be a boxer basically since he was born. Since mm-hmm. he was three, he started boxing. Yeah. But when he was five, his dad took him out of boxing for four years and put him in ballet class oh. to work on his footwork. So he has the best footwork of any boxer that's basically ever existed. Yeah. He's amazing. Oh, that's clever. Uh, Yeah. And it was like a very specific kind of like it's almost like like the Russian ballet. So like okay. super super strong legs. Yeah. Um, and then once he was thirteen, brought him back into boxing, mm-hmm. and he went like he has one of the best um, amateur records of all time. He won like three hundred something fights before tying God damn. one. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and now watching his few professional fights, they're unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Uh. And then a, uh, a fighter I've actually met before, Ryan Garcia, also in the same weight class. He's a newer okay. face. Um, he's only like 20 or 21, but he is kind of the exact opposite. He's just like a really big heavy hitter for his weight class, mm-hmm. but has no footwork at all. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, but he's big on social media. And okay. So he has videos of him like beating up other, like Jake Paul. He has a video of him beating up Jake Paul. Well, that's something the whole world needs to see. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, and he was like the trainer for a lot of these YouTube fights. As well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he's pretty fun to watch and he is, he's just a fun character. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much all the big ones that I follow. Okay. But good answers. I, I'm going to be honest. When I asked the question, I wasn't sure if you actually have answers for it or not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was essentially putting you on the spot to be like, um, no, no. Yeah. There, there's, a, there's a handful. <laughs> yeah. But watch Hajime no Ippo because it's, it's great. <laughs> Why don't you say it a little bit slower? So H- people... H- Hajime no Ippo. H-A-J-I-M-E space N-O space I-P-P-O. Okay. You, you, you were dipping into your uh, Green Lantern Oath territory <laughs> there of like one to say something super fast. Yes. Uh, also, the English translation is Champion's Road. Champion's Road. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. But no one refers to it as that. Okay. It's Haji... Hajime. Hajime. No. No. Ippo. Hajime no Ippo. Yes. Oh, that's fun to say. It is. That's why I say it fast. Yeah, I like it. It's good. Rolls off the tongue. Uh, but no, thanks, Solomon, for writing in with the uh, the question. Yeah. Which, you know, I feel like Cameron actually answered to your satisfaction. Hopefully. I don't get to talk sports very often. I know. I mean, why would we? Exactly. <laughs> so... Uh, but uh, thank you for listening, everyone. Hopefully, you also enjoyed listening to us talk about Comfort and Joy. Hopefully, you actually watched Comfort and Joy too. Yeah, it's really good. Get, like, treat yourself. Treat just yourself. Watch this episode. Yeah. You know, honestly, in these times, it was a lovely little breath of fresh air. It really was. Merry well, Christmas. Well, yeah, Merry Christmas in March. Well worth a watch. Uh, you know, and uh, if you haven't seen some of the perfect films we recommended, uh, all of them obviously high recommendations. Mm-hmm. And actually, you know what? I'm I'm gonna be generous here, and I'm gonna say, if, of all of them, go watch Roger Rabbit. Please do. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. It's, it's, it holds for you the same space like Casablanca holds for me, Mm -hmm. but I will say that uh, Roger Rabbit, I think is a little bit more accessible to people. Yeah. It's just modern. Yeah. It's, it's modern. It's fun. It's, it's lighthearted. Mm -hmm. It's got Bob Hoskins. Yeah. And it's the best of what it does. Yes, absolutely. And what it does is be great. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Yeah. So go check those out. And uh, you know, we would really love to hear people's thoughts. What are some of your perfect films? Uh, also, what are some of your favorite holiday episodes? I think we asked that <laughs> earlier on. Yeah, sure. At some point. <laughs> yeah, we got a couple questions this week. <laughs> yeah, right in and... Oh, no, present. What was your, what was your favorite unexpected yes, Christmas present? Yes, favorite unexpected given Christmas or, or present. Given or received. Given or received, yes. Yeah, so some uh, some fun questions there. would love to hear people's uh, answers to those. Um, but uh, thank you for listening. Like I said, we are Tim Talk Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail. Best place to reach us would be twitter or instagram yes, uh you yes. can also find us on youtube on our own channel and you can find us on the pod tower <sighs> where we've teamed up with the watchtower database and the dcau review to be your one-stop youtube shop for all things dc animated universe yes. you can check out our podcast and let's be honest the better, better ones the better ones there as well uh and you can find me at lordifer on twitter and instagram yeah if you want to see my art you can find that at cameron.dexter and if you want to see my face or my amateur boxing skills. yeah you can find that at cam dexter underscore adventures boom 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 well thanks everybody we will be back next week with the three-part justice league series i have low hopes finale <laughs> uh star-crossed with a a very special guest i won't give away the surprise but someone who is long overdue for an appearance on the show and very very excited to have him join us so uh stay tuned for that next week so that's it thanks everybody a uh, goodbye thanks guys Ba 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 ba.